Huh? I'm ready. Genesis, we're going to start again this morning in Genesis 22. We've been there for probably four weeks, three or four weeks. And as you go there, I'm going to concentrate on uh, Mount Moriah this morning. If you've not been here and you want them, the other uh, teachings on this are in uh, CD. They're also in uh, audio form. You can get them on Facebook. You can get them. I can send them to you. You can get them multiple ways. So you can get the teachings, listen to them, and see what the Lord uh, really says to you. The, uh, the mind of the Lord to me, when you get to Genesis 22, you know, God has been declaring to Abraham a promised son. And the mind of the Lord here in Genesis 22 is coming forth. The, the whole purpose of God declaring that promise is unfolded in chapter 22. So the, 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 the promised son was for the offering to yeah. be, and all of Israel was now in type and shadow. And, and I'm just going to touch this for just a second, type and shadow. All of Israel was a firstborn son, and that, that term firstborn in your Bible is, is very, very significant. You know, you, you read terms in your Bible and you just read them. You just read them, and, and a lot of times we don't question them. But firstborn was speaking firstborn of what? It was speaking of firstborn of the dead. That's what firstborn was speaking of. It was not just that they were the first person born, but they were born of the dead. They were firstborn of the dead. And, and when, I, when I looked at that, this, uh, just a thought come to me, I think it was this morning, either this morning or last night, it came before me of even when they put the blood upon the houses and they'd offered the, the, the lambs there in, in Egypt to come out on Passover, that it related back here to Isaac. That it even even there related back because in type and shadow a death had taken place in Isaac and you know and in Hebrews eleven if you'll read Hebrews eleven and, and Lord willing we'll read that later this morning maybe I should right now flip from Genesis twenty two to Hebrews eleven then we're going to flip back to Genesis twenty two so mark your place but in Hebrews twenty two. Or Hebrews 11, Genesis 22. Thank you, Brother Bob. It says, Hebrews 11, 17. It says, By faith, Abraham being tried offered up Isaac. Yea, he that had gladly received the promises was offering up his only begotten Son, even he to whom it was said, In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Amen. Accounting, read this part carefully, accounting that God is able to raise up even from the dead from whence he did also in figure receive him back. Now mark that in your heart that he received him back in figure. Amen. Okay? So, so when you go back and read Genesis 22, it was a figure 
of what was coming. It was a figure, and that's why I'm saying God's promises to Abraham was actually leading up to Genesis 22. That you're, you're going to have a son, Abraham. You're going to have a promised son, and that promised son was, was purpose was going to be made known in Genesis 22. And a people would come out of the promised son. See, see, we read stories of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we don't see the purpose in them. There's a purpose. God had a purpose. God never said anything in the Bible without purpose. It's written in your Bible. Everything there was operating according to purpose. And the purpose is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if I don't come to the purpose... It's like, it's like I can read the story of Noah and say that, well, God killed every man on the earth. Or the flood killed, however you want to say it. The flood killed every man on the earth but Noah and his household. Well, I can read that and not understand the purpose in that. That there was a chosen seed in, in Noah Noah was carrying a chosen seed of the Lord. And I can get wrapped up in how great Noah was. And well, Noah was a great man. And you know, the Bible says that he was a righteous man. But what made him righteous was he believed God. When God told him, when God told Noah to build the ark, Noah operated out of hearing the Word of God. He went out and began to build the ark. So how Noah was a righteous man was he heard the Lord and he acted upon what God said. And he began to build the ark. And then Noah and his family entered into, and that ark is a picture again of the same thing God is saying in Israel in the Passover. Noah entered into that death. And closed the door, speaking of a tomb. He was entombed in that. And he couldn't come out until the new land appeared. He had to stay there. And all of that was speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can go back and read that story and, 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 and tell it as a true story. And it was a true story. Even if I just tell it naturally, it was a true story. God destroyed the earth in that day, except for Noah and his household, and the animals that moved into that ark. And I can tell that true story, but I can tell it without purpose. Because I don't see the purpose in what God did there, except Noah was a good man and everybody else was a bad man. And much of what we've done is just that. We've preached out of Noah being a good man, so I have to be a good man or God's going to destroy me. Right? If I go back and preach Noah from just the natural... That's what I would see. But if I can see and hear by the Spirit, He's going to show me out of Noah the picture of Christ. Mm 
Now I want to bring, bring a reference to you. You say, okay, Wayne, Brother Wayne, you're sucking that out of your thumb. All right. If I am, then my thumb is real good. All right? So, so I, I, I'm, I'm glad to do that. But I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a reference point. Jesus said, search the Scripture. The story of Noah is in the Scripture. He said, for in them you think you have life, but these testify of me. And you would not come to me, is what he told them, that you might have life. You search the scripture and see they, they what what was going on when he said that the the Jews were accusing him by the scripture. They would take the scriptures, they would take the laws of Moses and the scriptures and accuse him. He says, "Well, in them you think you have life, but hey, guess what? The scriptures spoke of me, and you wouldn't come to me." See. See, until I see what the Scripture is speaking of, I'll never fully understand the Scripture. And the only way I'll ever see what the Scripture is speaking of is to allow the Lord to speak in me. See, if I won't allow the Lord, and and now I get to where I'm going this morning, and, and Mount Moriah, if I won't allow the Lord to speak in me, I'll never understand what the Scripture is saying. I'll just have my own understanding and I'll be and I may be content with my own understanding, but it'll be my own understanding. And 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 I pray that you're not content with your own understanding. Amen. I hate my understanding to be truthful. Amen. I really do. I don't want my understanding. I want the understanding of the Lord. Amen. I walked in my understanding. I even preached in my understanding at one time. And I come back to that, and I hate it. I detest it. Because I want the understanding of the Lord. When you, when you read this first part of Genesis 22, you come to the term Moriah, and it came to pass, verse 1, after these things that God did prove Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. Now, now just... To stop for a second before I read on, when it came to pass after these things, I'd have to go back to chapter 20 or maybe 19 or 18 to see after what. After what? There were some things that happened before. So it was after he cut off Ishmael that God said to Abraham, and Abraham said, Here am I. He said, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, even Isaac, and get thee into the land of Moriah. And that word Moriah by itself is a mouthful. In fact, I could just read the land of Moriah and preach on the land of Moriah. Because it means scene of Jah. It's the place seen of Jehovah. And the picture that was seen of Jehovah was, Take now thy son, thine only son, and offer him. That's what Jehovah saw. That's what he saw. That, that was what was in his heart, was an offering of thine only son. That was in his heart. 
And offer him there for a burnt offering up on one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Now, now what I want you to hear, and, and before I say this, read just to start at verse 4. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw. So he saw. He heard God. And he saw. And this is what I want to, you, you to hear here. Abraham heard God. His voice. Alright? So he wasn't just, you know, operating out of Abraham. He was operating from the voice of God. From the time he left his country to the time he's offering Isaac, he's operating from hearing the voice of God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to have to answer it in your heart. Should not we who have Christ living in us, Abraham didn't have Christ in him, Christ was coming to him. Should not we that have Christ living in us hear the voice of God? Amen. Amen. We should. Absolutely. In fact, Brother Stanley said it in his prophecy, and I and I started recording right after that. I wish I got, I wish I could have stopped him and said, "Go back and repeat that." Because he, one thing he said this morning was about the continual hearing of the voice, and as you hear this message, Brother Stanley didn't know what necessarily what I was going to preach. I think we talked a little bit this week, but I didn't go through him in detail of what I was going to say. <laughs> what he prophesied and what I have to minister go hand in hand. Okay? So God is trying to say something to you. Whether you will hear it or not, He really is. But it's going to come to your heart of whether you will hear it, unfortunately. Or unfortunately. I've got to be careful I'll say that. That can be fortunate or unfortunate. It can be either one. But it will come to your heart. So, so when we come to the voice of God, I, I never forget, uh, and I've told this story often, of a, of a taxi cab ride with a Muslim guy, and why I said this to him, I guess, was just the Lord. We started talking religion and so forth, and I told him I hear the voice of God all the time. And he said, well, what does he say? I said, well, he reveals his son. He reveals his word. Yes. That's what the voice of God wants to do. Hallelujah. Is reveal his word, his son, his, his son yes. and his word yes. are the same thing. My God, yes. So when I start talking about His Son or His Word, I'm really, you know, dead and okay, Wayne, prove it. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word that was with God and was God is the Word that God revealed. 
That is Christ in you. That's what He reveals. That's what He wants to say to you. Not telling you God won't tell you natural things. He will. But what you have to come to is what does He want to say? It's like, I'm going to give you an illustration. We're going to turn over in a moment to the story of uh, Martha and Mary in the book of Luke. And let me, let me find it here. Luke uh, 10. You can get there. But I'm going to tell you something before we get there. We pray as Christians, Thy will be done. How many's ever prayed that? Amen. Raise your hand if you've ever Amen. prayed that. But usually what do we pray it over? Our situation. Alright? So we have a situation, regardless, I, I want a wife, or I want a husband, or I want a new car. And we take it to the Lord, and we say, well, your will be done. We're not really asking Him for His will. Get all what I'm saying here for a moment. We're saying, here's my situation, Lord, now your will be done. Now let's, let's think on this. Are we asking for His will? No, if we really wanted His will long before we ever had the situation, we go to God and we say, Lord, tell me about your will. Let's back up before we ever get in the situation, and I'm using husband and wife right now, wanting a husband or wife. Let me hear your will. What is your will? God has a will. God just didn't make man and make the earth and make the heavens to have no purpose in it. For it just to uh, stick out here in the atmosphere. Right? He didn't do that. He did that according to purpose. So, so from the beginning, when God said, let there be light, He, he spoke that according to purpose. Everything He said, just like it was when He came to Abraham and get out of thy country, out of thy land, to the land that I will show thee, was after purpose. He was speaking in vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything he said was toward that purpose. So if I want his will to be done in my life, I, then I'm praying, God, show me your purpose in Christ. That's God's will. And, when, and, and it's so glorious when I come there because all at once I realize I'm really giving up my will because I want yours. And it becomes this glorious place because all at once it just dawns on you. You know, all these, all these years may have went by and you cried and you struggled to give up your will. And all at once you realize, Lord, I'm really giving up my will because your purpose is greater than mine. And I'm after a greater purpose than my own. I hear a greater voice than my own. I see a greater reason than my own. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. 
And there's such a great release there, a release of, from, from self. Because, because that, that's what we all have to get free from is just self. That's really what, what we're bound up with is self. And when we come there to really thy will be done, we really release self. And we begin to look at His purpose. So, there's a story in your Bible of, of Mary and Martha. And, and some of us have heard this uh, through the years and probably said it's good or better, and I'll say it this morning. But for nonetheless, in Luke, 30, Luke 10, 38, it, it says, Now as they went on their way, this is Jesus, He entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. So you had Martha and Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and heard his word. Mark this in your Bible. She did what? She sat at the Lord's feet and heard his word. Now I can, I can draw up a picture in my mind of Jesus sitting in a recliner. Okay? And... This is my picture, Calvin. Don't mess with it. This is mine. And Mary comes and just sits down at his feet to hear what he has to say. And Martha says, what what does Martha do? But Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And she came up to him and said, Lord, dost not thou care that, that my sister did leave me to serve alone? Don't you care about my problem, Lord? I'm doing all this work. I'm preparing your meal. I'm going to feed you, Jesus. And Mary ain't worried about you. Bitter, therefore, that she helped me. Now, see, see if we prayed here, uh, Lord, your will be done here, it sounds like the Lord's will will be, Martha, won't you be quiet and sit down too? Okay? So, but the Lord answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, for Mary had chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. So this part that Mary chose, it's not going to be taken. His word. That word part there means portion. So the portion... Mary was receiving was the Word of God. She had crawled up with Jesus to hear His Word. And so Jesus tells her sister that what Mary has chosen is the better and what she's receiving will not be taken from her. Amen. Amen. Man, that, that to me just is powerful. This this is a picture, if you if you can hear it, this is a picture of us. The woman represents the church. In your Bible, over and over again, a woman represents the church. So when I see this picture of Mary Martha, I see much of the time the church in these two people. You have you have many Marthas that are busy about many things. But they lack hearing 
the Lord's Word. They want to serve Jesus. Now, now Martha's cause, if I understand this correct, was to serve Jesus. Sounds good. Because she's busy to serve Him. But she lacked hearing His Word. So, so the question would come in my heart, then how could she really serve Him if she didn't hear His Word? Because all she was concerned with serving Him then was the natural realm. She was busy about in the natural realm to prepare. And, and much of the church is in this place. They are busy about to prepare for the Lord. And they've never seen really what it means to serve the Lord. To serve Him is serving His body. His bread of life. So if I'm going to serve Jesus, I'm going to serve you. And I'm not going to serve you just in a natural realm. Not that I won't ever do that. But I'm going to serve you in feeding the flock the living Word of God. That's what Jesus was doing to Mary, was putting in her the living Word of God. And we need to be a Mary and crawl up at Jesus' feet and just to hear Him speak, not not to sit there and tell Him, you know, we have the song going, let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell Him all about our troubles. That's not a real good song. Why don't we have a little talk with Jesus and let Him tell us His wisdom, His truth, His understanding, His mind. Instead of Him sitting and hearing about our troubles, why don't... And, and I'm not telling you God won't move on your troubles. And I'm not even telling you not to tell Him them. Because I think you should. But that shouldn't be my first order of business. And as a baby in Christ it is. As a baby in Christ, I realized that. As I, as I was a young man in the Lord, that's all I knew to say was, Jesus, I have all these troubles and I can quote the Scripture. He cares for me. And that's the truth. And He does care for me. So I don't want to discredit that, but I want to bring a bigger picture Stand that. The bigger picture is, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? You created the universe. You probably have something to say to me. And I probably need to hear it. I probably need to have ears to hear what you want to say. That that and it'll take you right to Moriah, and you'll look there, and you'll see that's what he wanted to say. His son, his only son, he wants a people in Christ, and Christ in a people. That's what he has to say, and he wants to say that to you. And what's glorious is when you begin to hear that. The expansion of it, it just goes kaboom. 
It's bigger than you can say in an hour or two hours or three hours or ten years or a hundred years. It's bigger than that. So, so, so we can sit in it. We can, we can choose to sit in the hearing of the Lord, or to be Martha and be busy about. We can choose that. That's a choice we make. See, see what God has done in us, even as believers. He brings a choice in us, and we'll choose. So we don't, because we even have revelation in us, we don't become little robots. No, we don't. We choose. And out of our choosing, God ministers to us. Whether in abundance. Now God wants to minister in abundance, don't get me wrong. But our choosing may limit how much of the ministering of the Lord we receive. And I, I'll try to show you this in a moment. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll do that right now and I'll, I'll flip back to, I want to, to go into John 5, but maybe I will, maybe I won't. Won't, we'll see. Uh, in Mark, I believe it is. Let me see if this is it. Yeah. Mark 4.21. Flip over there. It says, Mark 4.21, he says, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have what? Ears to do what? Hear. Let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. Be careful what you hear. Take heed. In other words, to me, take heed means sit down and listen. I could say it the way I like to say it, and people get mad at me. Shut up and be quiet is the way I, I like to say it if, I, if I'm straight with you. But take heed how you hear. So, so what you hear and what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given, for he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not for him shall be taken away even that which he hath. And see, this, this spoke so much volume into my heart. What you hear, with what measure you meet, or that word means what measure is measured out. There's more to be measured. So there's more. So if I sit in here and I really hear from God, more is going to be measured out. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. And unto you that hear, more shall be given. It's like the other Scripture says, more shall be required of you. Thank God, because more is given. And having more required, I mean, we've been preached that that's, a, that's kind of a bad thing. I'm going to twist it around and say that's a real good thing because now more of the Lord is required to come forth because more of the Lord is being heard. Amen. 
and you fall into hearing more of the Lord, that is a great thing. So, so, so when I hear there's a measurement of Christ that's going to come forth. But see, if I don't hear much, there, you, you know, this is where it gets individual to, to a degree. If I don't hear much, then not much is going to be measured out. Now, how do I hear? I think the principle goes back to, the, to Mary and Martha. I think it's a real simple principle. You sit and listen. Well, if I don't have time to sit and listen, if I'm always covered about with stuff, you mean church stuff, like I said, because Martha was preparing for the Lord, so it's not just stuff, you'd be all kinds of stuff. I'm not giving God time to really speak in me. And he wants to speak in me. I believe he wants to speak in me with all of his heart. Because he wants to measure out the depths of Christ in me. I believe that, Calvin. He wants to measure them out. Now, now all I have to do is sit and be willing to listen. And I, and I realize I'm a pretty stubborn person. I don't have to preach on other people being stubborn because many times I've sat with the Lord and I'm going to the Lord to tell me about certain scriptures in the Bible, okay? Well, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to learn what this means. Seems like God didn't show up that day. Because I had my agenda. They have his agenda, mine. Because I, I was coming, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the meaning of this, so I'm gonna know it. I'm coming in my own will. Still yet, it's my own will. I'm not yet pressed to where I'm really going to receive his word. Now that's just a, a truthful. This, this is a factual, truthful experience in me. I've crawled up with the Lord and had, you know, er, earlier days in my ministry and really, you, you know, Lord, you're going, you know, I want you to tell me what this means. And it seemed like, I'm going to go, huh? It just doesn't happen. Because I'm on my own agenda. I'm not, I'm not on his agenda. I'm not coming in to hear, to really hear what he has to say. And what, I, what I've realized through the years, things I've wanted to understand, sometimes I've, I've set up with the Lord and, and maybe looking at Abraham or Ezekiel or whatever, and all at once there, there are things that have been in my heart that I wanted to see and understand. There they are. Because now I'm in the agenda of the Lord. And see, God wants to get us on his agenda. See, see, we don't think of this sometimes that God has an agenda. We think we got agendas. Go, let's go back to who created who. Just in simplicity, right? God created. I didn't create. So, so, so I, I had. I was just a created being, and so I was born again. 
So then, then you're born of spirit and you're of God. And so, so everything of us now comes back to Him. So, so it's like Jesus said when you pray, come and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You're the divine one. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done. He didn't. He, your your will and purpose didn't even come into that picture. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us your bread. So God knows what bread I need. You realize that He knows what I need of Him, and He will give me what I need if I approach Him that way. Like Brother Calvin said a few weeks ago, the Lord had been speaking in his heart Scripture. And I told Brother Calvin, I said, that's exactly what he does to me. Because once he bursts something in me, he, he puts that in you to search it out. And then as you give him time, he'll bring the understanding. And that understanding is a measurement of Christ. See, that understanding. Understanding is really important, guys. I'll show you how important it is by the Word of God, or try to anyway. Flip back, you're in Mark. So, so stay there in Mark, just flip back to verse 13, and, and, and Jesus is expounded to them on the sower and the seed. And, and He says to them, verse 13, And He said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will you know all parables? If you don't know this one, this is my, my view of what this is saying. I believe the Lord to show me, but this is my view. If I don't understand this parable, how will I understand any of them? Okay? And how then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. So first what the sower soweth is the word. And these are they that by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So immediately Satan cometh. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time, afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and lusts of other things entering in, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth. They receive it and bring forth. Now, this same thing can be found in, in Matthew. Flip here to Matthew 13. Of course, they bring forth 30, 60, 90 fold. Now, Matthew 13, 23 is dealing with this same thing, verse 23. Right. I want to read it here. Let, let you get there. But 13.23, Matthew 13.23, But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word. Okay? And, what? Understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth. Some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty. Now a question come to my heart. Just a question. I'm not saying right, wrong, or indifferent. 
but it really came to my heart. Can I bring forth fruit if I don't understand the Word? Or does the fruit come through understanding? It's like, it's like I can go read the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, gentleness, kindness, so on and so forth. Until I have an understanding of Christ in me, of His death, burial, and resurrection, can I really walk in peace? I can read that scripture, the fruit of the Spirit are these. But can I walk in any peace until, the, until, there's an under, until I have some understanding of the death, burial, and resurrection? My Lord Jesus. I don't think so. My Lord Jesus. Can I? It's like peace is, I, I read it, I should have joy. Right? I quote, joy like a river. And sing about it. But do I have the joy like a river run through me? Well, you know who knows if I do. I do. The Lord does. So if I don't understand it, is the joy like a river really going to flow? I'm not so sure it is. That's it. That's what I was seeing. It's brought forth through understanding. So, so if I, if I, if, if to me, serving God is just going to church on Sunday mornings, I may have missed it. I'm not telling you I won't be saved in the in the sweet by and by. I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you, it's a whole lot bigger story here than just going to church on Sunday. It's receiving His Word and understanding it and allowing it to come forth through me. Hallelujah! And that's what God is after. He didn't just plant a seed in you to go to, to, for us to go, go on about the seed getting planted. He planted the seed to bring forth the fruit of it. Amen. And in that fruit of it is the understanding of it. So, so when I talk about hearing God, I, I, I mean, I, I, I told Brother Stanley this. Sometimes I sound real arrogant, and I realize I do. I didn't even know I did, but I was thinking on it one day. I sound arrogant. But I don't mean to. I really hear Him. And what I know is He wants you to really hear Him as much as He wants me to. It's, this isn't something that He's got for this one brother. He's got it for all. And, and yeah, it, it sounds arrogant to the natural mind because the natural mind will say, well, what's so special about you? And I, it really answers nothing. The only, only thing I can say is, if you ask me, how did you get there, by the way, I just become willing. I become willing to do it. That's all I know to say. I don't really know that there's any other answer to it. Is I become willing to lose my life. I, I become desirous, to, in fact, to lose my life. My desire, if you, if you get to the heart of me, my desire with the Lord is, it, do, at times do I see my life? Absolutely. But you know what? I hate it. <laughs> so, so I don't come and promote my life. Maybe, maybe the message I preach will never be that popular because I'm not going to tell you that God's going to make your life great. I'm going to tell you, He's going to make a great life in you. Yes. That's what I'm going to tell you, is He's after His life in you. And in fact, when His life is in you, then your life will be great. 
but your life in and of itself without his life ain't that special. No. Not this mind is strong. My God. It's your you in him. And him in you. And and he wants to speak to you. See, 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 when he spoke to Brother John, Brother John heard a voice. What did John do? He turned to see the voice. And and I and that's and that's what we should be doing is turning to see the voice. What do I have to turn from? A lot of times religion. A lot of times the biggest thing that's going to distract me from the voice of God is what I call the best things. It ain't just religion. It could be sins. It could be it could be all kinds of things. But but a lot of times it is religion. See, because why religion is so bad, if I want to call it bad, I I, I want to be careful because I believe a lot of people are genuinely preaching. You, you know, born again salvation and, and what they know. I, I believe that. So I don't want to criticize too hard. And sometimes I sound that way. But I know there's a greater understanding to be had. That's, that's what I, I, I do know. And I know that. And, and it, it, because it's been made real. And it's, and it's that you, you, I don't want to beat people up. I want them to come to that. I want them to see that. To hear that. That that their ears would be made open and they'd see the vision of Christ. And they declare it in a people that the people would be enriched with him. Yes. Yes, Lord. See, see because because I, I, I and I and I only know sometimes how to talk to you out of what I've experienced when I was a kid and a young man and and even I want to talk to you more about what I'm experiencing in the Lord, but I use those as examples because because I was a young believer, zealous after God, but without understanding, and I use them as examples. Right. And to a certain degree, people were kind of like with me as a young man, but when just calm down, relax, be like us. You know, go to church and be happy. Go home. And I just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I, I, I don't want this. I wanted to go to church and be happy, but, uh, but, I, but I knew there was something in God that was greater. Amen. And I wasn't going to stop. Like it, it was like a pursuit that got in me. That's what it was, Sister Vire. It was a pursuit. And when that pursuit got a hold of me, it was like, let me find this thing. And I, now, I'm, now, now my focus is finding this thing, and I realized what that thing was, was the pearl of great price. And, I was, and, and as I began to search after it, it became him. And... And this dynamic relationship dynamic uh, awesome. like the one you read about in the Bible but it started becoming real you know it, it became more than 
I can read in the Bible between a real living relationship with Christ. And I mean, you see this, my Lord, the Word says this. This is real. This is real. This, you know, the writers that wrote these, these scriptures, they didn't just write them. They were, they were real to them. And they were writing out the realness of the Lord. The Lord had become real. When Paul wrote the chapter of love, it's because that's what he saw in Christ. He saw a dimension of Christ that was love. Now that was a dimension of Him. This is Where did Paul see it at? He saw it inside of himself. It was being revealed in his mind, in his heart, in his inner being, in his soul. And Paul was questioning that his soul would now be filled up with these things of Christ and not these things of himself. And that becomes salvation to the Apostle Paul. That Christ may be formed in you. Yes. That becomes salvation. See, salvation so much more than just He forgave my sins. It's, it's the other side of that. Is that He would be formed. And that's the picture God is showing back there in Israel. Not just them coming out from under Egypt, but them going into the land. And, and yeah. God taking a people to Himself. Yes. And that's, that's what, what we sell ourselves short from. Is that reality? You say, Brother Wayne, maybe this is only for a handful. I'll tell you, absolutely not. It's for the whole church. He, he's rich unto all that call unto Him. So, so the richness of Him is for all. So, so we, we need to pay particular attention to what God measures out to us. Really do. Just give Him time. Well, anyway. I get beside myself with, with some of these things in John 5. And we'll read here and we'll finish up here today. In John 5... Jesus says, Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, John 5, verse 19, 19, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father doing. For what things soever he doeth, these things the Son also doeth in like manner. And I'm just going to stop you here for a moment. Where do you see God, where do you see his Father doing on that? See, 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 I have to question this. Son can do nothing except what he see of the Father doing. Okay. Where did he see it at? In himself, in his spirit. Because he told him, he said, The Father in me doeth the works. The works are not mine, but there's the Father's that's in me. So he was seeing this in him. See, this is the same relationship Jesus brought you into. Was God in you, Christ in you. Anyway, you come, you come on down here, and he says, For as the Father raiseth, well, says, For the Father loveth the Son, showeth him all things that himself doeth, and greater works than these will he show him, that ye may marvel. For as the Father raiseth the dead and giveth them life, even the Son also will give life to whom he will. 
And this, to me, is one is one of the most powerful powerful things is understanding this. Because what what it, if I'm correct here, what had just happened before Jesus came into this dialogue, he had healed the uh, man at the at the pool of Bethesda. And he said, greater works than these, referring to the killing of the man. Shall the Father show me? So, so the greater works were that were the, now now the healing the man were great works. Right. So, so, I, so I want to be careful not to discount it because Jesus said in John 14, said the works that I do, you'll do also. In other words, you'll heal the man at the sale. Because I need you. But he said, greater works than these shall you do because I go unto the Father. So here the greater work is as the Father raiseth the dead and giveth them life, even so the Son also giveth life to whom He will. See, this is the greater work. The Father raiseth the dead and giveth life. Now, who did He raise from the dead? I can stop right there. Jesus. And Jesus saw that coming. He knew for that purpose He was born. So He saw that coming that He was going to die and be raised from the dead. But He said, As the Father raiseth the dead and giveth life, even so, in the like manner, through my death, burial, and resurrection, I'm going to raise the dead and I'm going to give life. In other words, I'm going to take you out of the dead of Adam and I'm going to bring you into the life of myself. That is the greater work. And see, when you come to live in that life, my God, it's beyond the physical circumstances. Now again, I'm not telling you not to pray for physical circumstances because there are people suffering and we should pray for them. So I'm not telling you not to because I don't think Jesus wants you to suffer either. Because He said He bore your sufferings. Right? He carried your burdens. So He took my burden. He took my grief. He took my physical ailments on himself. So I really don't believe he wants us out here suffering either. But the greater work is his life. My God, yes. So he raises you to his life. And and see, he comes on down down here in in where I wanted to go, and I, I got sidetracked again, verse before Barry Barry said to you, He that heareth my word. And believeth him that sent me have eternal life and cometh not into the judgment, but has passed from death to life. Yeah. Hath passed, past tense, yeah. it's over. Not coming to judgment. Verily that I say unto you, the hour cometh and now is when the dead, the dead, right. shall hear. That ain't just the people in the ground. That is, the dead in Adam will hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear that voice will live. And see, the measurement of life is hearing and understanding that voice. Amen. My Lord and my God. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So we hear His voice. That's how we come to life. We hear, you know, somebody could be preaching, old-time gospel preacher preaching, and we hear in His message the voice of the Son of God saying, Come to me, all you that labor and heavy labor. Come to me and I'll forgive you of your sins. Come to me and I'll save your soul. And we hear that voice and we respond to that voice and that voice brings forth life. Yes, it does. Absolutely. So, so, so we come and hear that voice. Now, now, the re- now this next part, he says, I think goes right along with, with Daniel's pro- prophecy. He says, Verily, verily, say unto you, The hour comes now with the dead shall hear the voice of God, and they that hear shall live, for as the Father have life in himself, even so be given to the Son to have life in himself. The Son's got life in himself, and he gave him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour cometh in which all that are in the tombs, and see, Daniel saw in his prophecy all that were in the tombs being judged. Yeah. Now the church has taken this and said that means someday. Wait a minute. If that's what it means, why did Jesus say you pass from death unto life? Right. Right. Does it mean that you're in life now but someday... You're going to have to get judged again. That wouldn't make a lot of sense, would it? Because he just said, He that hear my word has passed, and believeth on me, has passed from death and life. Those in the tomb, faith hadn't come when those that had died before, that were, that were back under the Mosaic law, they were kept under until, Galatians 3 says, until faith came. But when Jesus came on the scene, faith had come. Amen. Amen. Now, I waited out there, and maybe further than I wanted to go, but, but I waited out there a little bit. So, so what happened, folks, is those that had gone on before was who he was speaking for. But those that were now hearing the voice of the Son of God, those that responded to that voice, were never going to come to death. Ever. He says that more than once. He said, He that believeth on me shall never die. Believest thou this? That's what he says. Brother John understood this and wrote the same thing, says that you have passed from death to life, just just like I can see Noah's ark right there. That you've passed out of the creation of death into the creation of life by entering into the ark of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because when I entered into Him, it's like God sealed me right in that ark and I passed right out of that world and I come forth in a new creation, created of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. One more scripture. And we may expound on John 5 one day, okay? But for right now, so be it. In John, the book of John, 10, 
Jesus said, verse 27, and this was, I meant to go to in the beginning, but it didn't work out this way, so we're going to do it at the end. I have to read this because this is what I've been preaching this whole uh, message, really. My sheep, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. Now, you want to look up a powerful word here. I know them. Go look this up. To know, especially through personal experience. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to personally experience you. Now, we talk about personally experiencing him, right? But, but here he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. I'm going to get personal with you. Hallelujah. And they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. And no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who hath given them unto me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So my sheep hear my voice. Well, they hear His voice. And this word here, we've been talking about it all morning, means give audience, come to the ears, be reported, a primary verb to hear in various senses. Give an audience, come to the ears, shall hear, be noise, be reported, understand. So this word doesn't just mean, at times it may mean to just hear it, right? But at other times it means to understand it. So I'm hearing and understanding. So, so when I hear it and understand it, I come to life. See, what measure I understand. And, and, and let me make this plain. When I heard his voice to get born again, in that measure of that voice, I came to life. So, so. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I realized that I heard his voice. When I heard his voice and when I responded to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so in a church meeting or if I responded at home, something drew me. Yeah. Right? I didn't just get up and something drew me was the voice. And when I, res when I responded to that voice, I got born again. So there's a measure as, as that voice keeps sounding, the measure of his life keeps coming. So I understand that voice, and inside, if I, if you know what, and, and you can check this out, and I'll check it out too, what I'm going to say, here's what I understand anyway, is as I understand his voice, more of his life is made real to me. Amen. Amen. More of his life. And it, and it creates like a security blanket around. Now, glory to God that, that I'm securing him. I'm secure. Yes, sir. You realize that you're secure. No one shall pluck them out of my hand. So if I'm if I'm continuing to hear his voice, see, see, see what 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 will disturb it? Love of money, love of riches. He told you there in, in the parable of the sword and seed, the love of this life, love of this world, 
not being rooted. But if you continue in my word, he said, then you are what? My disciples indeed and nothing. So, so if I have a pursuit in my heart after Jesus, nothing is going to separate me from him. Nothing. Now, if my heart is pursuing other things, and, and, I, and I'm just, I just leave this to the Lord, my heart might be filled up with them instead of him. So it's not going to produce his life. And I believe that's what he, he birthed us in the, in the new birth for. And I'm not saying you won't be saved in the, in the sweet by and by, so don't get me wrong. But I'm saying the, the purpose of being born again is that this fruit of him would come forth. That's it. And, and, and that pursuit of his voice. Is the is the key. Now I've been an hour and four minutes, bless y'all. You can turn